welcome to the Earth on Survival Guide, a podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters, and enthusiasts like Josh and myself. I am Dan. I am Josh. I had to wait there a moment because a car was going by my window, and it is hot. <laughs> it is hot up here in Maine today. Tarzan kind of hot. Hot and wet. I will Africa not continue hot. Tarzan that couldn't take this kind from, of heat. It's a little, it's, it's it, from, no, from, um. Biloxi Blues? Uh, from Good Morning Vietnam. Oh. It's, it's, it gets a little vulgar. Oh, there you go. I was doing Biloxi Blues. Matthew Broderick. So yeah, I've got okay. We can get vulgar the fan going, to, but we're not going to. And the window open. I actually have the gain set so that the fan is not being picked up too much by my microphone. But I got enough good, like, room tone beforehand that I should be able to noise reduction that out. But there may be points where I'll have to pause if things are getting rowdy outside or cars going by because yeah oh yeah oh, the sausage the sausage making of podcasting anyway <laughs> on tonight's podcast uh we'll be discussing all things quizzical and uh shamanical because we're going to do shaman spells right after we handle some quick quick emails and next episode will be our all dragon episode probably yeah <gasps> spoiler part one we'll have to see what ends up <laughs> happening with that we got a lot of a lot of email, a lot of it delivered, a lot of questions as we asked for. Well, we asked for A lot of it, it delivered last minute because yes. we changed our normal recording day. That's fine. To accommodate Dan's schedule. And I posted a reminder. I said, hey, I know I said it was Wednesday. We're actually going to be doing <laughs> it Tuesday. Please, if you wanted questions, if you wanted to have questions yes. potentially addressed, send them in. And we, we did get them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we scraped the bottom of the barrel from the Earth Dawn Guild, where we posted that. We well, we scraped the Earth Dawn Guild. I don't know that, that I would not go and say it's the bottom of the barrel. Sorry, my phrasing was wrong. We will at least bring up all of the questions. I will not promise answers to oh, all of them. But that I will speculate, however. But I'm not officially involved in the game. That is for another time. Yes. So on to the emails we got that are non-dragon related. Yes. Josh and Dan, I love listening to the show. Since lockdown, I've had a commute or traveled very much for work, so I'm behind. I've been listening since the beginning, though, and working on my way to current. I was just listening to episode 61, and you mentioning some of the work I was doing updating the illusionist spells. You, I don't think this, this sentence was typed correctly. You good attribution wrong? I'm not upset, but just thought I'd let you know. Yeah. So This is Traveling Wizard. At one point, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there are... There was an email that may have come in or some... I don't remember now. I didn't go back and listen to the episode to remember exactly. Fair. There is somebody that was doing a project where they were updating some older spells to 4th yeah. edition. The person that I thought was doing it is not, in fact, the person that is doing no. it. The person that I thought was doing it is the person who sent this email. Not the person you attributed it to. Not the person who is actually doing it. Gotcha. They might have had similar first names. I don't remember at this point. Mea culpa. My apologies. As of right now, I think there are two disciplines that have had spells be mm -hmm. updated for for fourth edition. Okay. If you are in the Earth on Guild on Facebook, I'm pretty sure that links to the documents have been posted. Gotcha. There. Okay. So this was Matthew, uh, P.S. The Traveling Wizard on Discord and other places. Um 
I blog sometimes about Earthon stuff. I'm working slowly in updating the spells, but it's still in my project list. There wasn't many page views on it, so I backburnered it. I have a couple of other projects, so he's working on and hoping to release them soon. Uh, also, he's the one that was helping Lars with the desktop edition of the Steps character sheet. Ah, okay. Thank you, Matthew. It's good. Yeah, love Steps. The desktop edition of Steps is is top, cool. Top the, um I'm running a uh, mini series for some folks yeah. like once or twice a month and we're using the desktop version of steps mm-hmm. for them to kind of track their characters yeah. and stuff. It does the math for you on circling up. It's fantastic. Highly recommend yeah, it. Really I have good. players that are loving it as well. So on to the second one. Uh, our good old friend, uh, Lemon Crafton Jr. Hello, Dan and Josh. I'm moving along with the podcast, currently finished 63. So, Matthew, he's got you beat by two. Come on, man, catch up. And wanted to let you, to tell you about a cool thing that was in my pre- previous Earthdawn game in regard to the Death's Sea area, since we asked for stories. At Circle 3, we were exploring one of the Theron flying fortresses that had crashed pre-surge and was lost. Inside it, we found a kitchen that had an enslaved fire elemental trapped in the stove. Ignoring his name, Valtrix the Hungry, we freed it for the price, air quotes, of a future payment, helping make an enchanted item. If we found him, quote, where the Scarlet Sea meets the mist swamps within a year and a day, he would use his power to help up with help us with an item. And while sadly the campaign ended before we could go there, my weaponsmith began planning a heart blade, which would have been forged with the elemental's help. I just thought this was a very cool idea and thought to share. Thanks, and keep the podcast going, Limon. And thank you, Limon, cool. for the offer of uh, customizing our characters. We'll get, we'll, it's been busy for me. I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll yeah, <laughs> I'll hit you up later. It's been a little busy. It is, yes. So, last email. Uh, this is from Lee, uh, frequent emailer to us. Hi guys. Sorry, don't have any questions, sensible ones at least, for this topic. Just dropping a line to let you know I will be listening in, as normal, to the awesome work you both put into this. It might be an idea for future topics to also create an announcement on Discord and social medias, i.e. EDSG podcast questions wanted for XYZ topics, send your emails by certain date, month, year. Additional awareness could spark additional interest and new listeners. Anywho, thank you. Looking forward to listening in. Lee. Not a bad idea. It, uh, it's Not it's so idea. simple. Why didn't we that think of it? That does require us to... I mean, we do sort of have a list of topics planned. Kind of. Kind of. And we generally, like, decide, or Dan <laughs> decides the day of or the day before what we're going to end up covering. Having the announcement of the Dragons episode be as forewarned as yeah. it was is a little bit unusual for us because in part because we knew a lot of people had mentioned that that when we had the dragons episode or if we were going mm-hmm. to do a dragons episode to let them know in advance so they could get their questions yes. in. But yeah, maybe we can figure out the next couple of episodes and and say, "Hey, these are the topics coming up. If anybody has topics that they want us to cover, of course, they are free yeah. to contact Dan or myself or the Official Earth Dawn Survival Guide Twitter feed on social media to say, hey, mm-hmm. it would be really cool if you would cover this topic because we are not locked into any firm <laughs> schedule. And if people want to hear about something, we can yeah. do it. They could send us an email to do that, too. What's that email address? EDSGpodcast at gmail.com. I didn't even use my notes for that one anymore. I've memorized it now after 74 episodes. We've got, yeah. <laughs> 
mentioning it once or twice. You know, I think the pra- the practice the practice is doing us apparently good. repetition's a thing. I don't know. It must be. Yeah, I've. I have to plan out what we're going to talk about because I don't have Josh's steel trap memory for this stuff. I have to go research it and go, oh, right, this, I forgot all about this. I knew it 20 years ago. I knew it 15 years ago. I stopped knowing it 10 years ago, so I have to research. I don't know that I would say steel trap memory. Perhaps it is a little rusty. I describe my memory more like a sewer grate, which is to say all sorts of stuff passes <laughs> through it and it holds on to the garbage. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, your, your favorite topic is uh, Queen Alakia, and she is a garbage person, so <laughs> there is that. Anyway, that covers the first uh, nine, eight minutes of the episode. On to shaman spells. This is, rounds out our development of how when you finally make your character, because we did a shaman episode, did all 15 circles of the shaman episode on... We did. The other paths are coming, promise, but... We didn't talk about spells because that was going to make it like a double length episode. We couldn't do that. So we've done all of the other four spellcasters in how to pick your spells for your initial character creation, first circle, and maybe into second circle. So we're doing the breakdowns for all the spells. It's time to hit the shaman. It's probably, I can't say long overdue, but uh, it's come, it's a little quicker on the heels of the regular spellcasters, the better known spellcasters than most. One thing that I do want to mention before we start getting Absolutely. into the individual spells, and if you compare the spell design of the shaman spells to those of the other four magician disciplines that are in the player's guide, you will notice some design fundamental differences, yes. fundamental design mm-hmm. differences, differences, design <laughs> fundamental. I don't know how many different ways I can order those words around, which is to say that a lot of the beneficial or more neutral Mm -hmm. spells have a fixed target number for casting rather than targeting the mystic defense of allies uh, as opposed to the spells from the earlier disciplines this represents the result of lessons and experience that came about from feedback on the original spells but also just what ended up happening in terms of the design Mm -hmm. and stuff that morgan has been doing with trying to refine the process and make things work better differently more streamlined consistently yeah it's a lot of spells that would normally have been against the target's mystic defense that are enhancements or buffs or whatever now just have a fixed target number which Beautifully sidesteps the whole question of reducing mystic defense and the optional rule that we talked about in the the previous full episode where we were talking about that optional rule. Mm -hmm. So some of that stuff does come up in here. And I suspect that there are even more lessons learned from the work he did on the shaman spells that will lead to further refinements and improvements in the spells that he is working on for the magic book deeper secrets absolutely uh so one of the things i want to point out first about the shaman spells before we get into the actual you know first one that there is is that some of these have a a leading word to tell you exactly how what they work off of so some of them say pack yes some of them say spirit some of them are both pack and spirit and that goes back to the pack leadership ability that the shamans get at fifth circle 
Right. Those are keywords that are used as well. I mean, they're different than the keywords used in other spells. But for example, the elementalist spells will frequently have a keyword that indicates if it is associated with a particular element, then the keyword will indicate that because if it's a fire spell, then it would be resisted or affected by fire resistance or other effects along those lines. And so that sort of thing is what's going on. But the the keywords in the shaman spells connect into the shaman abilities Mm -hmm. that they get as part of their... Yeah, they got a pack leadership ability at 5th Circle. And so when the adept casts a spell with a a pack keyword, they can spend one strain per target to affect up to all named targets within the range of the spell. But the adept must pay one additional karma point per target if the spell has the binding keyword. This is one casting of the spell despite the number of targets affected. Using this ability replaces the normal number of targets for the spell. The extra threads cannot be increased the number of targets. So those are there. Some of them still, still do have the word spirit. So... Those are going to be fun. Yes. Anyway, on to the first circle spell. Alphabetically speaking, alarm is there. And I remember, remember this one, I think, being previously a wizard spell. It's possible. One of the things that was done as part of the shaman from the ground up redesign with fourth mm-hmm. edition was to give them their own spells. Yes. In first edition, in previous editions, the spell list available to shaman was a cobbled together miscellany of appropriately themed spells from various other yes. disciplines that there were not any unique shaman spells that the shaman was presented there as a tribal more primitive caster who had spells from various disciplines that were appropriate with fourth edition They have their own spell list. They have their own unique and special Mm -hmm. spells that are thematically linked to the idea of the shaman as presented in the Mystic Paths book. Some of the spells that they get were spells that in previous editions belonged to other disciplines, but were really thematically appropriate for the shaman. And so no longer belong to the previous discipline. They are now shaman spells. Only shaman spells. Yes. So they've been moved over. So alarm is a two thread spell so we're starting off right now with some serious mojo uh going well, on this one. it's a yeah it is a first circle spell that mm-hmm. has a duration of hours yeah it is sort of what the name says it is uh it's it's a ward of a sort it allows you to cover an area and when the spell detects possibly detects somebody crossing the area that it is affected, it will set off an alarm. Yeah, it's like a perimeter alert. That's all it is. Yes. They cross into your realm, you know that they're there. Congratulations. Uh, fantastic spell. I, I love this one. I've used it um, on occasion, so it's nice to have. It doesn't actually cover a large area. No. Really, what you do with it is you set it in a place that things are likely to cross Mm -hmm. to trigger it or you could conceivably cast it multiple times to set multiple locations but the base area that it covers is only a four yard radius or or eight yard diameter so only about 25 feet Mm -hmm. you could conceivably if everybody's kind of close together in a camp you could kind of protect your camp but by the time that the alarm would trigger to let people know that there's problems, then things are kind of already on top of you. (laughs) Especially if they're coming at you fast. So generally, because it does have a 50-yard range, you can cast 
multiple versions of it and kind of if you've got a, a sort of semi-defensive location you can kind of yeah. target the area the the most common most likely approaches and go from there yeah i always cast like six of them in a, hex- in a hexagonal pattern so i had this little honeycomb going on so that the center of the camp was in between all six of those they were encircled by it so that's how i did it that's just my two cents there I mean, it doesn't take that long to cast. It's Mm-mm. not a ritual spell. Nope. It just takes two threads. And the duration is rank hours. So it's not at low circles. It's not something that you're probably going to end up using too much to protect your camp overnight. No, but you can use it in other places. But once you get up into higher circles or if you're in a situation where you just are taking a break or doing something like that, then you can put this down to alert yourself or your group of potential problems. Great for doorways, great for windows until you can cast it long enough to to do an overnight camping. So everyone can heal up, but still. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a base difficulty six. There's no mystic defense that's being targeted. Mm -hmm. And each additional success does increase the duration by an hour. Yeah. And an extra thread can do the same. So it is certainly possible that even at low circles, Especially if you're setting it up towards the end of the day um, and you've got karma left in your pool, you can spend a karma point on this on the uh, spell casting yeah. test to improve the uh, the odds of getting those extra successes and increasing the duration. Yeah, more useful than you would think. And again, not just for camping and setting up camp. It's useful in lots and lots of places. Potentially, yeah. I promise. Hunter's Sense. This is a pack spell. Yes, Meaning it has the potential for the shaman to cast it on the group. But it's also zero threads. It extends a kind of magical sense around and detects the presence of animals and the general direction that they are in. Mm -hmm. The spellcasting test has to beat the mystic defense of the creature in order to, of the animal in order to detect it. It does not detect. Name givers, undead, horrors, <laughs> horror spawn. Like it basically just detects normal animals and magical magical animals. Yeah. You know, like storm wolves or or lightning lizards and things like that. Brithens Those would still be considered whatnot. animals yeah. for the purposes of this spell. Gotcha. So still very useful. At least I would. Yeah. I would allow that as well. It's an animal, yes. Because it doesn't fall under name givers, undead, horrors, or horror constructs. So therefore, everything else. A pack of blood bees. Absolutely, it'll find that. Uh, blood bees are potentially considered horror well, spawn. Okay, sorry. Never mind. Potentially. I I would need to actually look up the description. <laughs> it depends on what chapter of the Game Master's Guide they're in. Gotcha. But it still might say otherwise. But blood bees are, are a potential, maybe not covered. Oh, let me go find out now, because now I've, I've peaked my own. Now, now we want to know. Now I want to know. Blood B261 of the GM's guy. Yeah. That's actually just in... Which is actually creatures. in the creatures chapter. So I guess... I'll allow it. <laughs> if you are allowing like other magical creatures... Yeah, Brithens, To be affected by the spell, then yeah. Blood Bees, I guess, would be as well. There we go. Because it doesn't specify that they are horror constructs or anything like that. Cool. Insect repellent. Now, was this Nethermancer before? This was originally a Nethermancer spell, okay. yes. Making sure. Yay, two for two. But it's a single thread spell, so 
Not bad yeah, for it's first a single thread spell. It provides. I mean, it, it drives insects and other small arthropods away, mm-hmm. and as a result, provides bonuses to tests that might result from environmental conditions where such things are a problem or a hazard. But like Hunter's Sense does not affect horrors, horror constructs, <laughs> undead, or any powers deriving therefrom. But look at the one-two punch about blood bees. Hey, look, I use my Hunter's Sense to find out where they are, and then I cast Insect Repellent to keep them away from me. Blood bees are kind of on the edge of the size <laughs> allowed by this spell. Um, it does say roughly a human Fair. fist or smaller. Oh, yeah, blood, blood bees, bees are huge. are two feet long, so that's, yeah, that so is never one mind. heck of a... Never mind. That's a big fist. So I don't think it would, it would affect <laughs> anything. I don't think it, it would really do anything against blood bees. I agree, and I will not allow that. So yes. So there's our, our, our clarification on the insect repellent and hunter's sense. Uh, all three so far very good spells to have for first circle. So our next zero thread spell is invoke crow tear. Uh, crow tear, actually. Tear. Because this is I'm a damage dealing spell. This is an attack spell. Oh! That right. Summons, and it's also a spirit. Yeah, summons a crow spirit that flies and causes damage to the target mm-hmm. briefly like it basically sort of like briefly summons this spirit and the spirit flies and does damage it is similar to the other zero thread damage spells that other magicians have it does physical yeah. so it's roughly equivalent damage to earth darts the elementalist spell i think it's actually one step lower in terms of its base damage mm-hmm. because earth darts uh has the armor reducing capability but Crow Tear, Invoke Crow Tear, causes partial blindness, so inflicts that penalty on the target because the spirit goes after the target's eyes. Yeah, and you got to know your blindness penalties on that one because that's uh, those are severe. They can be. It's a uh, minus two, I think. <laughs> I think so. It's in the it's in to the combat with? chapter in the um, combat modifiers chapter of the player's guide. Yeah, exactly. And along with the Crow Tear, now we have Invoke Leopard Pounce. This is the other damage spell available at first mm-hmm. circle. Also a spirit spell. And also zero threads. Yeah, is likewise, it is the same damage. It's uh, physical will willpower plus four damage, um, but mm-hmm. causes potential the, knockdown. Yeah, that's the kicker. That in addition to suffering the damage, the target needs to make an immediate knockdown test against the result of the damage test. Yes. And mm, yeah, not being knocked down. The difference so and and the other sort of minor differences is that invoke crow tear, the extra successes on the spellcasting test increase the duration of the blindness penalty, whereas mm-hmm. leopard pounce increases the damage on a successful test. Invoke leopard pounce is, <laughs> I think, from what I've seen online, probably one of the most popular first circle shaman spells because <laughs> knockdown is such a nice effect to put upon your enemies and having spell casting tests do yeah. more damage uh having spells do more damage when you successfully cast them is also very popular yeah it's brutal i love it but it's brutal uh onto it is a relatively short range it's only 10 <laughs> yards so you do kind of need to be up and in the mix in order to be using that so there is a, yeah. a little bit of a downside potentially that goes along with that moon glow now i think this think was this is wizard originally i want to say wizard or illusionist might have been illusionist you're right yeah i don't know i wouldn't count on me being right this time yeah uh, anyway 
this is Earthdawn's version of the standard light spell. Mm-hmm. It uh, it creates a little one. sphere of light that is equivalent to torchlight. So it would change like a full dark penalty to a partial darkness. Mm-hmm. Or partial but, yeah, darkness to... Useful. Yeah, if it, it is definitely useful. Not super bright, not great for doing like extended precise work, but definitely enough <laughs> to light up a cavern or room or something like that to yeah. make it a little Wouldn't bit easier. Wouldn't want to read what's by going it, on. But you can at least see an enemy coming at you. We'll say that. Uh, this isn't sounds new as well. It's also a, it's a otter swim is a pack and a spirit yes. spell. So this is a spell that. Much like some of the other magician spells that provide enhancements to other talent or skill tests, like Crunch Climb, which gives a bonus to climbing tests. Mm-hmm. Wallwalker. Or Wallwalker, which does the same thing. Or Shadow Meld. Is that the name of it? This is the mm-hmm. Nethermancer mm-hmm. spell that provides bonuses to uh, Stealthy Stride yes. tests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otter Swim does a similar sort of thing in terms of providing a bonus to swimming tests and increases the rate that you move while swimming. Unfortunately, does Obsidimen, it Obsidimen. doesn't do anything for Obsidimen. They still can't swim, <laughs> even under the effect of the spell. But it also, like some of the other sort of spirit, but this is not a binding spell technically, Yeah, but it does behave similarly to other spells that involve a spirit where you need to kind of follow certain restrictions or the effect ends. That being in this case that the bonus only lasts while you're in the water. If you get out of the water for more than a couple of rounds, then yeah. the spirit goes away. Yeah. And who doesn't it. love otters? <laughs> I actually They're saw a cute. video earlier today <laughs> of a mama otter teaching her baby how to swim. <laughs> she grabbed back of the neck of the baby otter and basically dragged him into the water and was like diving and surfacing with the otter in in her with the baby in her mouth basically (laughs) teaching them like then you go under you need to and you breathe and you know and then they kind of and then she dragged him out onto the um out onto the the beach this was from a zoo i think or something like that because it was like an artificial beach and the baby just looked like not impressed it was (laughs) I didn't want to do that at all. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Pack tactics, because of course, shaman animals, here we go. So another zero thread spell. Another zero, zero thread spell. This is shamans. probably another super popular shaman spell. Invokes or causes the effect of the pack abilities that wolves have as a creature, mm-hmm. which is to say that it provides bonuses to attack and damage against the designated target. Nice. Yeah, I call this uh, nickname Dogpile. Kidding. But yes. You designate a target with the spell, and while the duration lasts, everybody that is attacking them gains bonuses to attack and damage, which is really Nothing nice. And you, com- you combine that, because it lasts for, for rounds, start mm-hmm. off with that, and then you invoke Leopard Pounce and knock them down, and it just... The, the potential combat goes, combinations that can come about from a shaman are, are, are a little bit scary when you think about it. That's a good thing. I like those because the extra threads are not only you can do duration or effect or area. So it's 
you know, that's very versatile for um, a, a spell at first circle, zero threads, I'm going to say. And it's a simple casting of just six. Doesn't have to hit the target's mystic defense, just six. That's all. So not bad. So on to, uh, I have to say this one properly, Prey Senses, P-R-E-Y. Also a pack spell, also a spirit spell. Uh, one thread. Yeah. This is a spell that provides bonuses to awareness and danger sense tests. Uh, it sort of imbues the target with the spirit of an appropriate animal to enhance their senses and give them those bonuses. And they, the target yeah. does take on a little bit of the features of the chosen animal while the spell is in effect. Nice. So they might, their, their eyes might become more like a bird or they might get sort of fuzzy ears or that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. All good. Uh, the last of the first, of the first circle spells for shamans, weather cloak. This is another one that I think was ported over from a previous, from another discipline in a previous edition. Sounds. Yeah. This doesn't ring a bell to me though. So that's fine. It provides bonus to the weather to the elements mm -hmm. provides bonuses to tests made to resist the effects of heat or cold caused by the weather. It also does provide some bonus to spells that kind of mimic weather effects like the death rain spell from mm -hmm. the elementalist. Yeah. The bonus that it provides to tests is converted to an armor bonus in that case to help resist the, uh, the damage that the spell provides. Not bad. For your first circle spells, we've got what? Let's see, one, two, three, four. You got a couple of damaging spells. You've got um, you got ten spells, and I think five of them are zero threads. And then you've got some nice sort of environmental and utility spells that that do some stuff that's not really covered quite so well. That's not really covered yeah. as much in the other disciplines, in part because they were spells that were other disciplines initially and in earlier editions mm -hmm. and brought over to the shaman. Yeah. So which of these do you think would be the least useful right out the right out of the gate? We covered a couple that were very useful. So let's let's try to go the reverse direction and see which one's the least useful. I think insect repellent is probably Insect repellent is incredibly circumstantial. If yes. you're not going to be dealing with the kind of environmental situations where you're going to be suffering penalties from swarms of gnats or other things like that, then you probably mm -hmm. won't need that alarm while incredibly useful in some respects is also another one that I think is a little bit more circumstantial in terms of its utility. Otter swim. otter swim is the same. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. You get imbued with the spirit yeah. of otter and can swim better as a result. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like I said, who doesn't love otters? Who doesn't want to lay in your back in, in, in the, in the river and eat on your stomach? Yeah. Come if on. you're not going to be, if you're not going to be dealing with a lot of, waterborne adventures or aquatic scenarios it's probably yeah. not going to be particularly useful and if you've got an obsidian in the group then it's going to be of no use to them whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> but that's nothing new so. but the i mean all of them have their their use in particular areas hunter's sense maybe because at least until okay. you start like its area of effect isn't huge I mean, it is a it's yeah. a it's a twenty yard radius, so a forty yard, one hundred and twenty foot area around that you kind of detect it. So that's not too bad. That's not that's not too bad. Yeah, going into a situation where you suspect such a thing 
might be useful. It absolutely can mm-hmm. be. Yeah. Uh, pack tactics, invoke leopard pounce. Um, those are probably the, the top ones and everything else um, after that is gravy. Yeah, understand. So as we have done with every other magician discipline uh, up until this point and through this point, since you can, it is possible to pick up a second circle spell upon character creation, not necessarily to cast it, but just to hold on to it when you get to second circle and just, hey, you've got it. We'll cover all the second circle spells as well. Because uh, I think there's like five more here. So that's not too bad. Six more. No, five more. So Ferocity. Yeah. Is another pack spell. Zero threads. Look at that. Whole bunch of zero thread spells for shamans, man. This is a spell similar to Combat Fury. If there's an equivalent type thing. Yeah. I don't remember whether Combat Fury actually made it to fourth edition or not. Now off the top of my head. I don't think it has yet, but that was an awesome spell. It might be It might be that it was retooled and is now the Shaman spell and, yeah, and renamed and reskinned to be more uh, animalistic to fit with the shamanic theme. But oh, it this, provides, this, reads like, this reads like Combat Fury to me. Yeah, it's, so, it yeah, provides plus so. three bonuses to close combat attack tests and unarmed damage uh, during the duration. Yep. Because it's unarmed damage, it's not... Like it enhances super useful. Yeah. yeah it enhances Beastmasters. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and the gauntlet and the gauntlet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it would, um, and anybody who just happens to take unarmed combat as a, not that skill, there are a so. whole lot of those. Yeah. Some people do take unarmed combat just to, just if you want to do a bar fight and not really draw blood unarmed combat, but I have a bunch of characters who take it as a backup just in case they drop their sword. <laughs> <laughs> Not Swordmasters, but I have a couple of people who've done that. So it's a very useful spell. Uh, Hero's Feast. Yes. This is a healing spell. Mm-hmm. This resembles Plant Feast. It does resemble Plant Feast a little bit. This one is a little bit different. It is <clears throat> narratively designed to help build the rapport and companionship within a group, kind of playing into the pack Oh, the camaraderie. The camaraderie, the the pack themes of the shaman. The meal that is consumed while the spell is in effect. The the uh, recovery test is allowed for each target of the spell, and they get a plus two bonus to that recovery test. Um, And that bonus can actually increase based on the effectiveness of the spell. Fair. The targets of the spell must be loyal to each other. And really, this is the first limitation I've seen in a while where it's only able to be cast once per day. Yes. Because how often do you feast? You can't have a feast for all three meals. That's just excessive. Gluttonous almost. And it it does have a variable thread count. The shaman needs to weave a thread for each person that is going to be targeted by the spell. This is kind of a, a ritual magic kind of situation. Fair. On to the second to the last one, because uh, this next one is long. Well, no, mark there's, the there's three boar. spells. There's three spells left. Oh, three. Sorry, I can't count. My fault. Yeah. Mark of the Boar, another zero thread spell, but a binding spell and a pack spell. This is the first binding we've got. This is similar to the Elementalist and Nethermancer spells that are also bindings. Uh, it summons a spirit and binds them into a willing target providing them bonuses, but also restricting in some ways the behaviors that they can take. This is also a pack spell, which means that with their appropriate abilities, the shaman can put it on an entire group. 
Mm-hmm. What this spell does is it imbues them with a boar spirit that mm-hmm. basically reverses wound penalties. It turns wound penalties into bonuses. This is That's similar what I was to say, the, here's your catch. Yeah, this is this is like the ability that cadaver men get in fourth edition, where mm. wounds uh, on cadaver men actually provide bonuses to their attack and damage. <laughs> Among, I mean, there are other creatures that get it as well. Yes, but that's just the obvious example. Yep. So yeah, it also if, if, yeah it also provides bonuses to aggressive attack. But the target must use aggressive attack every round as the combat option, yeah. and also can only move towards an enemy. You get a spirit in you that basically wants to go kill things, and it provides some bonuses to make that better. Yeah, there is one little caveat though. If you if the spell prematurely ends for any reason, yeah, you suffer a wound as the spirit rips out of you, and you have a minus four penalty to your wound threshold until you make a recovery test after an hour of rest. Yes. So badass, <laughs> like anything badass. <laughs> now I do want to reiterate what I think I yes. probably have mentioned in some of the earlier episodes when we were talking about binding spells. Hmm. The Circumstances, the required behaviors for the binding spells, in some cases, do not necessarily require the character affected by them to behave that way for the entire duration of the spell, especially if it's a combat-related thing where they need to go after an opponent. If there are no more opponents, then the fight is clearly over and the spirit will depart without inflicting that because its purpose has been served. Yes. Okay. You know, depending on the circumstances, there are other binding spells where that sort of thing may not apply. But for Mark of the Boar, if you are mm-hmm. clearly at the end of the fight, if all of the enemies are downed or whatever, but you've still got duration on the spell left, you do not need to continue to behave that way. Gotcha. It's it's intended to be a little bit of a difficulty thing, but it's not supposed to... Because the more powerful the shaman is, the longer it's mm-hmm. going to last. And that really shouldn't end up being that there's more likely going to be a penalty that's going to result yeah. from the spell ending up doing what it was designed or intended to do. Okay. So we got the last two. <clears throat> and these also look pretty um, sweet. Mountain Goat Leap. This is another spell that enhances other character abilities. This one provides yeah, a bonus to, surprise, surprise, Great Leap. Great Leap. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, also a pack spell, also a spirit spell. Yep. So you can cast this on more than one person at a time. And who doesn't love Great Leap? I mean, it's... And it allows people who don't nor- who don't otherwise have the Great Leap talent to use Great Leap. So this is what you can cast on your obsidian who can't swim. Sure. <laughs> Get them over the river instead of through it. So that's not a bad idea. Um, and then Soothe the Savage Beast, which, of course, is a oft-loved uh, phrase. This is a short-term animal friendship spell. Mm-hmm. Cast on the target, and if successful, they become completely passive. They will nice. no longer attack uh, for any reason while the mm-hmm. spell is in effect. But if the target of the spell is attacked, then the spell ends. So it is not a way to get a creature to 
sit quietly while you hack it to bits. <laughs> no. And if you get a really, really good success on it, uh, it kind of has the side effect of making the creature, the, the animal that is targeted by it, really like the effect and kind of follow the shaman around for a little bit afterwards. <laughs> it is yeah. something that could conceivably, because of the extended duration on those really good successes, Mm -hmm. Result in uh, maybe a way to start building a um, a rapport with an animal for a potential animal companion. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad. So let's try what we did for the first circle with the second circle. Which one of these do you think would be the most advantageous to pick up at first circle? That way, at when you can cast it at second, you're good to go. Hero's Feast. Assuming that yeah. your group doesn't have a spellcaster that has access to other good healing enhancing magic, mm -hmm. Hero's Feast is probably the one that I would look at as an early target to learn because yeah. the bonuses to healing that it can provide are are pretty nice. Mm -hmm. The others are, are all decent utility. Yeah, and which Ferocity ones would be most be useful probably will depend on the makeup of your group. Ferocity probably won't be as important if you don't really have any unarmed combat characters in the group. Yep. Mark of the Boar can be nice if your group is in a situation where they are going to potentially be taking more damage and potentially wounds because it can turn those negatives into a positive uh, in mm -hmm. some respects. So yeah, no, all all decent spells all the way around. Yeah, just a matter of what campaign you're in and the makeup of your group as to which ones are the most useful first. Other than that, there's 15 total spells. And 16. I think, 16, sorry. Yeah, I think you kept sort of missing Mountain Goat Leap where it's at the top of the next page and, and not counting. I did. <clears throat> but out of those 16, eight spells are zero threads. So that's half. So that's a pretty good ratio there for um, things you can cast pretty quickly and have, you no, know, available in the matrix. Yeah. So and then all... everything else except for alarm is one thread, which means that when you get to journeyman and get that enhanced matrix, all of mm -hmm. these are, are castable and quite accessible. Round. Exactly. Uh, any further thoughts on the magician discipline shaman spells? No. Yeah, I like how these all turned out. Yeah, I'm looking. I like what, I like what they cobbled from the other other disciplines to throw into this little kit. Yeah, I mean there there were spells that absolutely from previous editions were absolutely suited to the theme of the shaman, and and I believe were on the shaman spell list from previous yeah. editions. For there for a good good reason. But shifting the shaman to be what it is in fourth edition and to approach it the way that we did to redeem some of the aspects that looking back now 25 years later some odd yep <laughs> are, are a little bit um potentially troublesome i like them i'm all down for it and the companion has sorry the mystic the mystic paths book has shaman spells up through eighth circle and i'm pretty sure that morgan's working on uh, all five disciplines yes. for the the he revealed back book. at um, back at FredoniaCon earlier this year that the Mystic Paths, the um, sorry, the Deeper Secrets book is going to have mm -hmm. spells for all five magician disciplines 
So yeah, I'm looking forward to that book as well. And I have a feeling that'll be a very successful Kickstarter because people like the magician spells. Not going to lie. Uh, no <laughs> release date or anything yet on that Kickstarter. Speaking no, of Kickstarters. No. no time soon. But yes, Speaking we have a Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarters, if you skipped the short announcement that I posted last week about our week off, Facet Games launched uh, as of this posting a little over a mm -hmm. week ago. The Kickstarter for the first game in the new Aetherstream setting, which is a sci-fi space opera setting. Hmm. It's a tabletop board game. It's a minis game. Oh, cool. Drawing inspiration from earlier FASA board game, board minis games like Battletech and Crimson Skies and Renegade Legion and so forth. Nice. And is supposed to be a relatively fast playing kind of shoot 'em up like squad squadron versus squadron fighter game hmm. with a whole kind of setting that is going to be grown and developed around it and hopefully uh other other games to come down the line to provide enhancements and expansions in the similar way that Battletech and Renegade Legion and things like that had their own yeah. expansions and, and whatnot that were done. Totally. So if you haven't checked it out, go check that out. Uh, I'm sure you can find the links on any of the fastest social media. You can find it. I <laughs> share it in my own as well. Or you can just go to kickstarter.com, search for Aetherstream um, or search for FASA Games, and you should be able to locate it. Uh, there's options to... In addition to backing for the entire basic box, there will mm -hmm. also be options. There should also be options to just back to get a copy of the rulebook alone if you don't want to get all of the minis and all of the other stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. Then that that is an option as well. But uh, yeah, help us out. This is something that's been being worked on for a while. And uh, my only real contribution to it is the... <laughs> video that I produced for the Kickstarter because for a board game and we had prototypes for the playing pieces and various other things uh, we wanted nice. to kind of show people what was going on cool uh, by the way spelled A-E-T-H-E-R stream just to make sure if you're oh, doing a search yeah. for it you spell it correctly because otherwise you might not get the right right hits but otherwise uh, folks that is our podcast on shaman spells and some emails if you have any questions for us not dragon related because it's too late for that now. But well, any other questions about anything else? You can always get them to us later on. You can send emails <laughs> with dragon related questions. They just aren't always. going to be answered in the, the dragon's dragon episode. episode, part one. Maybe we'll hold on to them for part two. Maybe even a part three. Who knows? Dragons could go for a while. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, until next time, folks. It is your turn to go. Um, Find your spirit and your pack and bind it together and make your own legend. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>